Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Aaron. Let's go. Let's go to somewhere USA. Okay, so it's supposed because uptown, I think of Harlem, but then I was reading something and it said, um, it was pointing out that the very end of the movie was all this rocky terrain, which has nothing to do with Chicago, where the film was set. And I'm like, oh, so I guess the film was set in Chicago because this thing was shot all in Los Angeles. Right. As well, I'm I, watching it, I'm like, this is L.A. Where did you find out that it was set in Chicago? Because I tried to find that out and it never told me. I was on, I always check behind the scenes. This is behind the scenes nerd alert for Gone with the Bushes. I Wikipedia is my number one source. But my second source for tasty nuggets is I go to the Amazon video app. I type in the movie. I click on it. And then I click on more details. And that's where they'll have the trivia and extra stuff. Oh. Because mm-hmm. I typed setting for a... Oh, Welcome to the Bushes. We're doing Uptown Saturday Night. Yes. And so I said setting for Uptown Saturday Night, and they go, well. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So then <laughs> then I was reading another article where it was talking about saying that it was Harlem. And I was like, well, I don't know where they, the setting is an Uptown. Yes. And it was shot in Los Angeles. They said pre-production was, there was some pre-production in Chicago. So I think it was, that the pre-production would be the, the beginning, the landscaping, all of that, the establishing shots. So it was right. set in Chicago then. But did you try to, did you try to find a license plate? Because I did. Oh, no. Yeah, no, license, I mean, that, uh, they did a pretty good job not showing license plates. So, uh, um, so, okay, it is Chicago, L.A., USA? <laughs> it's like Chicago, L.A. <laughs> Chicago, Louisiana. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a, an urban setting. Yes. Oh, the particulars? Oh, yes, please. <clears throat> Uptown Saturday Night. It was released on June 15th, 1974. Ooh, whose voice are you channeling? I like this voice. I don't know. I just thought that it would be. Uh, I I don't know. I was maybe I'm inspired by Sidney Poitier to be dignified. It was directed by Sidney Poitier. He also directed. What was it? I didn't realize that. Yes, he directed. This was his third film he directed. He also directed Buck and the Preacher, A Warm December. Let's do it again. A piece of the action, stir crazy, and ghost dad, to name a few. Stir crazy? Because mm-hmm. it kind of had a stir crazy vibe. Yes. All right, nerd alert. I'm going to be honest now. Well, no, I'll save it for after my particulars. Written by Richard Wesley. He also wrote, Let's Do It Again. Fast forward, the 1986 native son. He's an associate professor at NYU, Tisch School of the Arts. Rita and Burton Goldberg, Department of Dramatic Writing. Music by Tom Scott. He's a saxophonist. He's an original member of the Blues Brothers, the L.A. Express Band. He wrote the Starsky and Hutch theme. He played the theme 
of Taxi Driver. He collaborated with Johnny Mathis on the Family Ties theme song. He played the Lyricon, which is an electric wind instrument, on Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. The director of photography, Fred J. Camp. He won an Oscar for The Towering Inferno, also this year, 1974. So the other movie he shot this year was Towering Inferno, and he got an Oscar for it. Patent, he also shot. Islands in the Street. Patent? Patent? Patent. Oh, that Patton? Patton. General Patton. The General Patton movie. Island in the Stream. Stop laughing at me. I could see you now. The Amityville Horror in 1978. And The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Edited by Pembroke J. Herring. He also edited Tora, Tora, Tora. Bound for Glory and Out of Africa. Ernie, Best Editing Nominations for all three films. He also edited Groundhog Day, Great Balls of Fire, National Lampoon's European Vacation and Vacation. And I was like, why does this guy sound so familiar? That's because he also edited 9 to 5. Starring Sidney Poitier as Steve Jackson. We know Sidney Poitier. From the White Whale of Gone with the Bushes, Porgy and Bess. He was also in A Raisin in the Sun, The Defiant Ones, Lilies of the Field, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and so on and so forth. Nerd Alert, he was the Bohemian Ambassador to Japan from 1997 to 2007. His family is from the Bahamas. He lived in the Bahamas until he was 16. He has an American citizenship because his parents were on vacation in Miami when he was born, so he's a U.S. citizen. Well, that could still happen then. Maybe he knew Tommy's ancestors. Maybe. Um, Bill Cosby played Wardell Franklin, and he's a convicted rapist, so he's been canceled. Is Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that because I, I had a hard time during the movie. Yeah, I was like, I'm not one to cancel people, but he gets in the, he gets in the cancel column. You know, when you drug people to have sex with them, they get canceled. Yeah, when, when you rape, like, 50 women that we know about and you drug them and so show no remorse whatsoever, doubling down, saying that you didn't do it, I believe the women. Mm. So, all right. Harry Belafonte as Geechee Dan. Was he not a freaking amazing? I didn't know it was him until the end. I had to rewind it and watch all of his scenes again. Because I was I like, who is, who is this Geechee man? Or not, I keep calling him Geechee man. It's Geechee Dan. Well, we can say Geechee man because, oh my God. He, well, okay. So Harry Belafonte, it's Carmen Jones, Island in the Sun, uh, Buck and the Preacher, and is also in a lot of other movies, most recently Black Klansman. At this time, Harry Belafonte and Sidney Poitier are the two most famous black American men, like, in the on world, the yeah, on the planet. Exactly. And Harry Belafonte was, like, super tight with um, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. He was just about that civil rights life. Has mm-hmm. anything come out about him? I... 
No. Not that I've heard. Neither with Sydney Portier. So No. And if they ever do I'm not gonna believe. It, it, we, uh, I would just need to hear that the evidence. But let's have a drink. We would have witnesses. Calvin Lockhart as Silky Slim. Remember, did he look familiar? Because he was in Cotton Goes to Harlem, or Cotton yes. Comes to Harlem. He was uncredited in Cleopatra. He was also in Coming to America and Wild at Heart. We have Flip Wilson, Nerd Alert. Yes. This was his first film role. He was first the reverend. Film. He was famous for the Flip Wilson show, which at Geraldine. one point was the second highest rated network show. So yeah. that was when there was only, what, four channels? Five channels? Oh, four at the most. Four at the most. And mm -hmm. you only have four channels. And this was the second highest rated thing. So this, he was popular. He's yes. a big time TV star. Yeah. And the Flip Wilson show was a variety show, correct? It was indeed, yes. Uh -huh. We have Richard Pryor playing Sharp Eye Washington. We did. I mean, you know who Richard Pryor is. If you don't, hit pause and like go to YouTube. Get a life. Jeez. Another guy, though, who, ha you know, questionable past, but. I, I'm, it's not 50 people coming out saying that they were drugged, so. Um, no, he just, I'll bet he just dipped people's Oreos in milk and then they exploded. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I think he liked to, to hit on women and stuff, so not great. But he, he was probably really high on who, on not making excuses, but. And I have to say, he was probably extremely funny. He was probably His come funnier. on would have been pretty funny. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. He was in Lady Sings the Blues, The Max, Silver Streak, Stir Crazy, Brewster's Millions, Harlem Nights. And as a child, my personal favorite, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. We have Rosalind Cash as Sarah Jackson. She was the wife. She was in the Omega Man, Clute. Uh, the TV show Good Times, TV show What's Happening. And then I was like, yeah. why is she so familiar? Because she was Mary Mae Ward on General Hospital. When I was watching General Hospital, she was Justice's grandma. That. She had the, the, the oh, gray yes, yes, yes. dreadlocks. Justice's grandma. Grandma. You yeah, remember? Said that. Yeah, she. I do. And I knew that I knew her, but her name didn't ring a bell, but it's just because I saw her in so many things. Mm -hmm. We have Roscoe Lee Brown. He was Congressman Chelsea Lincoln. We saw him in Jumpin' Jack Flash. He was also in Mambo Kings. This guy was in so much TV. From The yes. Shield, Law and Order, Different World, 227, Magnum P.I., Barney Miller. Like I was like, what wasn't this guy yeah, ever yeah. on? And we have Paula Kelly. She was Leggy Peggy. She, Leggy Peggy, she was amazing. She was in Sweet Charity, The Andromeda Strain, Soylent Green, Once Upon a Time When We Were Colored, and also in tons and tons of TV. So before you get into setting the table, let me preset the table. Okay. This was not my first choice movie. This was not my second choice movie. Wow. I wanted to do Lady Sings the Blues, and I couldn't find it to rent. 
Then I mm-hmm. wanted to do mahogany, and I also couldn't find it to rent. Wow. Then I had to go and find, like, you know, a list of movies. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I always wanted to see Uptown Saturday Night. And it was um, directed by Sidney Poitier. And I saw I saw Bill Cosby, and I was like, but then I saw Richard Pryor. And for some reason, I assumed that Richard Pryor and Sidney Poitier were the two main leads. Yeah. And Cosby just had a cameo in it. If only. That was not the case. So that's why I I did always want to see it because I've always heard about it. Kind of wish I had seen it before. Yes. 2014. Yes. Because <laughs> um, that, it, that really changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I saw that he was the second lead and it was like, oh, man. It it's really good and it's it's funny and it's entertaining and Sidney Poitier's performance as well as Harry Belafonte's are just worth watching it for. Also, so, the I mean Richard Pryor comes in with a cameo. Yeah, yeah. I have a nerd alert later that when I read the nerd alert, I was like, oh, damn you, Hollywood. Like, seriously, the, the, damn you. The two who su- were supposed to start? The who, yes. The two, yes. Should we say it now? Yeah. Go ahead. So this movie was written for Red Fox and Richard Pryor to be the two leads. Oh, my God. And the Hollywood studio said that Red Fox and Richard Pryor in 1974 were not big enough stars to carry the movie. Yeah. Do you believe that? I cannot. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Talk about not knowing. I wasn't alive in 1974, but I'm pretty sure just based on what I've heard that every black person would have gone to see this movie. Oh yeah. Like three, four times. Yeah. Red Fox alone. In yeah. 1974. And, yeah. and Richard Pryor was like, people knew who he was oh, and yeah. stuff. He was. Yes. So yes. that's, that was just straight up ignorance. Well, it was white privilege. Stupidity. Of, of, yeah. Cause yeah. I want to see that movie. I want to go back in time and be like Red Fox, Richard Pryor, go do it. Those now, do you know who has, who I think has the rights to it now or who's interested in it now? I know who it was announced is going to do it as of August 2019. So, but who's going to do it with him? I don't know. Are you talking about Kevin okay. Hart? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, so I am going to set the table. Okay, set it. Get the cutlery so, out. We start out okay. So this this is about two pals trying to re rewind. This is about two pals try to retrieve a stolen lottery ticket and become involved with an underworld kingpin. Yes. So we start out in a factory. And that's why I wondered if it was Detroit. I didn't know if they were, it was like a steel mill. Um, 
and they were like making car parts or whatever. It was wherever you are, where you have that red hot balls of steel or whatever, and then you put it in a machine that tamps it down to make it. Yeah, these are these are working class. You you know this is a man. This is salt of the earth. This is a working yeah. class man doing a hard day's work. Not and not just anybody can do it because you have to be working in that steaming hot condition. You have to pick up that really heavy stuff. You have to get it over to the other place without burning twelve people in your path. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we find Sydney Poitier, who is Steve and his wife. Um, they're at home reminiscing about when they first got together and he keeps talking about her big butt Mm -hmm. and he says that she's his queen. It's a lovely little love story thing. That you don't really get to see Sidney Poitier do. That's why, nerd alert, he was frustrated with the Hollywood portrayals of black men and that's one of the reasons he started directing movies. Yeah, he was, because you saw him being like a stuffy black man or... Well, he was never allowed to really be sexual. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. And so, although he was. um, So the next day you see a lot of men on a stoop and you see um, Sidney Poitier going out and Bill Cosby comes up in a cab. So he's a cab driver, also hardworking. With a really nasty beard. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Y'all should have known right then. You should have taken a look at the beard and said, my God, this man's up to no good. Who yeah. thinks that this is a good look? Mm. It's it's the worst beard I've ever seen. But I felt like toward the end, when there was a close-up, I felt like there was a whole lot of like paste around his mouth. Was it fake that or maybe- real? It looked like it could have been fake, but who would fake that? Anyway, okay. A sociopath. But he does say to Sidney Poitier, let's go get a drink. And I'm going, don't do it, Sidney. Don't do it. Don't drop the soap. Because Sidney Poitier is on vacation. So Bill Cosby said, hey, we got to go to Zenobia's. Zenobia's is this private club, and we got to go to Zenobia's. And uh, it's the hippest place in the world, and we need to go tonight. And Sidney Poitier is going, I don't have enough money to go to Zenobia's. And uh, and then they're talking about how Sidney's saying, I have to wait till my wife falls asleep so I can sneak out. And <laughs> Bill Cosby's saying, oh, his wife you know, he snaps his fingers and his wife jumps and they, and she don't come down till he tells her she can. Uh, that, yeah. That's not a good reheatable. <laughs> it's, it's not a good reheatable. So it's the evening and they are, uh, the suits that Bill Cosby wore. Well, he's not the only one. Some of the fashion. There was a guy in there in a, a green like, I'm looking at a bottle of palm olive, and it was about that color. Green yeah. palm olive sequin tuxedo jacket. Yes. All sequined. And he wasn't Liberace. No. He, w- he was, this, that was a man out on the town. It was indeed. 
Well, they, and so Sidney Poitier is going, how are we going to get in the door, Zenobias? And uh, Bill Cosby said, no problem. I have typed out a letter. Uh, my wife works at a law firm. I've typed out a letter that's going to admit its entrance into Zenobias. And it says that they are in the diamond business. Um, Madam Zenobia, new customers. So they go to, um, and, oh, they meet Madame Zenobia. She always likes to have new customers. Your pleasure is our business. Now, if you really want pleasure, be sure to go to the red door in the back. And she's flirting hard with Sydney Poitier, who is flirting back. I know. I was like, Sydney, we just saw a scene with you talking about how your wife was your queen. But, again, Hollywood never let him, like, flirt. So I was like, all right, Sydney. Okay. All right. Well, so this place has lots of decadence. Lots of decadence? Lots of decadence. There's a jazz ensemble, which I thought could have been your poppy playing. Your poppy's group. Could have been. And they see the red door. And but but what's so funny is you always saw Sidney Poitier being poised. His mouth is hanging open the whole time. Yeah, he's just he was can't so good at being just an everyday man. And they go through the red door and there's gambling and they go up to the craps table where they meet Leggy Peggy. <laughs> and in order to even get in at the craps table, they need $150. And um so uh, Leggy Peggy is throwing the craps and she is, she's winning. She's, she's on doing fire. Great. She's hot cheddar. At one point, somebody goes, Jesus wept, which <laughs> just cracked me up. And then as they are just winning a whole lot of money, there's a stick up. Were there five, five people in masks that came in? I thought I had them written down in the, in my P-O-E-D count. Oh, so there was four. P-O-E-D? Maybe five. Mm -hmm. People, People of, of European descent. Oh, I thought it was going to be endless color. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So they go around collecting everybody's jewelry and all their money, and they take the letter, and Sidney Poitier's wallet it, it appeared his was the only wallet they took well they took everything because they made everybody strip down to their underwear of course i could say something rather uncouth but i'm gonna stick with the script okay it, then we hear a doorbell and okay more people came in that it was a whole bit well the next day they're in church and they don't have anything to put in the offering plate because they lost all their money. And Bill and Sydney keep falling asleep. Um, and the Reverend Flip Wilson is talking about the picnic, the, um, the church, church picnic. picnic. And that there will be no ju joy juice allowed at the church picnic. Okay. Then they go back they go back home. Steve's asleep in his chair. Sarah's cooking. And he's sleeping and he keeps smiling in his sleep. 
And so she's messing with him and she's going, are you dreaming of me? And then his face goes sour. (laughs) So bad. Are you dreaming of another woman? And his face lights up. So she slaps him. Oh, one of the greatest slaps, too. That made me laugh out loud when she slapped him. (laughs) So he's reading the paper and his face is, what, what, what? Well, the lottery numbers are announced and he's realizing those are their lottery ticket. They won the lotto. They won... Fifty thousand. Nerd alert. Fifty thousand dollars in nineteen seventy four is equal to two hundred sixty thousand two hundred sixty six hundred twenty two dollars and seventy two cents today. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of that's a lot of inflation. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's excited, so he starts feeling for his wallet when he realizes oh, the no. bad guys have his wallet with the lottery, lottery ticket. Okay, so he goes to Bill Cosby and he says, we got to find that wallet by any means necessary. So they decide to hire a PI. This is where we meet Richard Pryor, sharp eye walk. Washington. Oh, he was so, it was just funny. He just made me laugh in this scene. He does. He makes you, it's, it's quintessential Richard Pryor. Oh, he's just, oh, he's, so a, he's a private eye, but he's doing this whole spiel as he's packing everything up and he's all jumpy and he's got like these crazy eyes and stuff. And he's just going around this office and he, and he's and they're like, well, how much would it be and stuff? And he was like, oh, well, it'll, it'll, what did he say? It would be like $500. Yeah, $500. And they're like, no, we don't have that kind of money. And he just was like, all right, $400. All right. And he, <laughs> it's just funny. And he's, he's packing up and stuff. So he's just whirling around. And then he's going outside and he's like, all right, uh, I'll do it for 50. Uh, well, what is it again? And so they tell him, and then when they get outside, aren't they their cops there arresting him yeah, and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> undercover as well as uniformed policemen are there to arrest him because his con days are over. And he yells, I was framed. <laughs> so now we go to Congressman Lincoln and Congressman Lincoln's office. <laughs> this was funny, too. Yeah, it was. They say, okay, Congressman Lincoln, uh, he has a white secretary, person of European descent. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Uh Uh-huh. And she goes, there are two gentlemen here to see you. And he's got his suit coat on and he says, I'm ready. And she goes, well, they're they're people of the people. He goes, oh, give me some time. He has to change out, put put his dashiki on. He has to flip around Richard Nixon's photo so that Malcolm X is showing. That made me laugh really hard. Okay, so um, they're telling him that a robbery happened and um, that they want their stuff back. At, and he's going, well, uh, well, where did it happen? They go, Zenobius. He goes, oh, no, no. That's At this point, the congressman's wife comes in and she is... Leggy Peggy. Leggy Peggy. 
So um, she's going, eh, he's a charter member. And she goes, this is who you got to go see. You got to go see Big Percy and Little Seymour. They know all the bad stuff that happens. Okay, so they go into a bar and uh, Bill Cosby decides he has to act bad. Yeah, it would have worked so much better before. What, oh, so that would have been Richard Pryor, probably. Do you think Red Fox would have been the Sidney Poitier? Yeah. And then Richard Pryor would have been this part. Yes. And he, that would have been like... Um, it would have been Richard Pryor. It would have been awesome. Yeah. What did he do with Gene Wilder where they were they went in jail together and they acted like they were bad? Silver Streak? Yeah. And so, anyway... Um, so they're acting, he's acting all bad and then a fight ensues and, and they beat him up. Well, it's like the little, this, he was a little dude. <coughs> and so that was pretty, I mean, he wasn't, he was a little, he wasn't a little person. He was no. a regular person, not a, re- a person of diminutive stature. stature, but not a little person. Exactly. Is that correct? Yes, and he was extremely gifted in martial arts. Yes. So, um, actually, and then Big Percy is a huge person, a person of huge stature, Mm -hmm. who just rips the legs off of stools, and people don't then do anything to challenge him anymore. Because they're like, oh, wow, okay, noted. Um, But they find out that uh, but both of them really like Zenobia, and they also want to know who came and busted up Zenobia's place. Oh. Yeah. So tomorrow they were going after big time Geechee Dan Beaufort. Big time Geechee Dan. And there is a big ass gold caddy. And Harry Belafonte is being uh, big-time Geechee Dan a la Don Corleone. Yes, he's doing the, he's got the the whole thing down. I didn't even recognize him. You didn't, because Harry Belafonte was a very nice person to look at. This guy, his cheeks were all full of whatever like Marlon Brando put in his. and. Um, oh my God, to see him doing that part was amazing. He was good. I, I, I said I rewound it and watched all his scenes because he yeah. just cracked me up. Yeah, it was really good. Well, so they go in a bar looking for big time Geechee Dan and it has been an hour. Mm, nice. So um, my advice is anyone who feels as Aaron and I do, I would watch it and you can watch it and you can kind of fast forward through Bill Cosby's stuff. Oh, yeah, you can like, or you fast forward, but it's just, this is like the same thing with Phil Spector where you're not going to listen to the Ronettes because, you know, Ronnie Spector has a wonderful voice and Darlene Love, I, I can never listen to the Tina Turner River Deep, Mountain High? I don't think so. Why am I going to punish them for what this guy That's did? True. You know? Sidney Portier directed this. He's in it. Harry Belafonte is giving 
a brilliant performance. Exactly. Exactly. So it's 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 funny. It's lighthearted, and and you needed that this week. Yeah. So um, that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So you're people of European descent. Well, you have the secretary that you pointed out that I didn't have, and then I have three more, and they were all cops. Mm. So I thought that that was hilarious. I was like, well done, Sydney Potier. Well mm-hmm. done. So our POED count this week is four. Oh, that's a nice change. We have had some nerd alerts. Have you more? I do. Um, so Warner Brothers released this film, and they also did released the other black exploitation films, Cleopatra Jones and Shaft. Perhaps you would like to explain to um, most of our listeners films? what is black exploitation. Well, according to Wikipedia, black exploitation is an ethnic subgenre of the exploitation film that emerged in the United States during the 1970s. The films were popular, they suffered backlash for dispro- disproportionate number of stereotypical film characters showing bad or questionable motives, including criminals. However, the genre does rank among the first in which black characters and communities were heroes in the subject of the film and television rather than the sidekicks or villains or victims of brutality. Um, they, when they were set in the Northeast or on the West Coast, black exploitation films were mainly set in poor urban neighborhoods. Pejorative terms for white characters such as cracker and honky were commonly used. Black exploitation films set in the South often dealt with segregity and mis. Misogyny. I can't say that word. You can't say that word. Misogynization. Wow, that's a hell of a word. I know. It is. It's the mixing of different racial. I know. I've heard it. I just can't pronounce it. Yes. Yeah. It's basically what I am. I am misogynization. <laughs> misogynization. Uh huh. The genre's films are often bold in their statements and utilize violent sex, drugs, drug trade, and other shocking qualities to provoke the audience. The film usually portrays black protagonists overcoming the man or em- emblems of white majority that had oppressed the black community in the preceding decades. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, more nerd alerts? Oh, yes. Oh, so Sidney Portier, he what I already mentioned, he was frustrated by the portrayal of blacks in the film. So all the care if you notice, all the characters in, in this film are classy and sophisticated in appearance. And that's all on purpose. Like, you know, how I was saying like with black exploitation, how they were like doing you know, films like The Mac and stuff, it was it was about, you know, drugs trade and showing that side and and like the pimps being the heroes and stuff and being the main characters. But since this was Sidney Poitier, he was like, the, the, the heroes in this, they're working class men. Right. I have a question. Mm-hmm. It might be a touch controversial. Oh. Would you consider 
the Medea films black exploitation. I, I, She's I don't thinking think they really are hard. because black exploitation. I think has to deal with the films of the seventies. Oh, okay. So, uh, but but it's dealing be... with stereotypes. Yeah. And, but but Sidney Poitier did stereotypes in a positive way. Like working class people, but showing them being decent working class people. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the thing with black exploitation is that it was showing. You know, I mean, everybody has like, you know, Godfather, it's a crime film. It's, you know, Italians and then. To the mafia and Italian exploitation. Yeah, exactly. But those are also like every there. You know, people like crime movies. People like to see movies about because mm-hmm. you get the sex, the drugs, and the violence and stuff. And so they. So then, with the black exploitation, the the um. It on one hand it was good because it was these stories that uh, with these characters that you weren't seeing before and right. people started flooding and going to see them and stuff and studios were like I can't believe what is this and that's because uh, it's just dumbness on the studio because going back to as far as entertainment has gone people have always gone to see people of color and then taken their th- you know, like for popularity and that's become popular and that's become the entertainment and then they just take it and, and use it and make money. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Like, like, you know, Elvis, you know, like that kind of thing. So then you had the, the black exploitation, and then studios were like, Oh my, like studios didn't think they were going to make as much money as those films made. Right. Cause people finally saw, people like them on screen and it wasn't just people of color going to see these movies these movies did very well with white people as well because people like to see movies about you know with like with drugs and they also had like amazing soundtracks superfly shaft like the music was great Mm. it's the you know you you see it a lot you'll see what happens in black culture is what is cool and then it gets taken over. And I, I don't mean taken over, but you know what well, I mean? Like that's but the where money it starts. is made by the white people yeah. exploiting the black experience. Well, yeah, it's some like LeBron James kind of said it about and he's not the only one. It's been said a lot about how um the like black culture with music, sports, all of that, how, you know, that gets taken like the the dap thing, yes, you know, like that. She's actually dapping right now, people. I did it because I didn't. I forgot what it was. Like you know how that's or all the dance crazes and stuff. Like they start somewhere and it's it's within like a, a culture and then it it goes to the mainstream and stuff, and then you're it's everywhere. So, and being a white person, I can say white people don't do it as well. <laughs> but Just there's like but the, that's the, out there that that's the coolness of like oh what's going on like oh man that's cool like look at these guys like they're cool like they you know not in movies and stuff the the pimps walking around like shaft and oh shaft's not a pimp but like oh man that's cool the mac oh that's cool and then 
the downside of that is like, why is it that the only people we see now, because we've been doing the, the POC count and we yes. say what they play. And right. then you see a movie and it's like the main character, the Mac. Yes. All, all black people. But the main, ki- the main hero is a pimp. And so you know, there are going to be people who are like, man, why can't like the main hero be a doctor? Right. You right. know, or something like that. Because it's like, or we finally get the chance. Worker. And now it's this. So then Sidney Poitier is, is like, you know, because he was, he was never going to, he never took roles where it, w- it was stereotypes and stuff. He was always right. dignified and buttoned up. But then there's a whole lot of people because of institutional racism that's like, the Mac is my world. That's right. the world I'm living in. I'm living across 110th Street. Pimp's trying to find a woman who's weak. You know? <laughs> I, I've been listening to that song a lot this week. I'm like, this is a great song. I love it. <laughs> you know? The the drug man, he won't let the junkie go free. <laughs> this all happens across 110th Street. And so then people are finally being like, well, that's the life I know. Like, how many people have you heard... When they were interviewed about the Cosby show, they were like, my life wasn't the Cosby show. You know, they were like, yeah. what is this? So so it was like, oh, yeah, this is. And then there was always people who were like, this is bad because this is what we're seeing. So take what you take the good, you take the bad. And there you have it. The facts of life. Facts of life. Well done. Do you have let her take a drink? She uh, she just had a had a rant. Do you? Um, <laughs> Uh, do you have more nerd alerts? No, those were my nerd alerts. Oh, she's exhausted, people. Reheatables. Okay, so as always, you know, I always go with my negatives. Yes. And, you know, Bill Cosby saying that, you know, his wife had to jump up and wait until he gave her permission to get back down. And, you know, let's just go with the whole Bill Cosby. Oh, that, that was my number one bad reheatable. was just yeah. Bill Cosby just greasing up this whole movie with his mess now. <laughs> and then, and, and all of my negatives have to do with him because he goes to his wife and oh, this, this is very much a poppy thing that happened, actually. I need a little couch time for it because he goes to his wife and tells her to do something and she's asking... Well, could I have some clarification? Just no. do what I tell Sometimes you to do. Sometimes I don't have time to explain to you why I need you to do something. You just have to do it. Just do what I ask you to do. He, he, he doesn't have time to explain to you. That's right. Oh, all of Our us. Our life that. could life, life or death. You don't know what. It, it, could you do this? You don't know. It could be a life or death situation. That's why I'm always nervous. <laughs> so. Those were my negatives. Okay, my ne- my negatives, Bill Cosby, more specifically the beard, everyone should have known. They should have took beard. one look at that, that man's like face. It looked like it had lice in it, didn't it? It did. It was disgusting. You should have been look at that and be like, that, that's a beard of a sociopath. Oh my gosh, that man has secrets. My second, reheat- <laughs> my second bad reheatable is 1970s security. Where I guess all you need is a letter. <laughs> Excuse
use me. Sweater at that. So I could just go into like the VIP, uh, a VIP place at like at the airport, the club lounge with just a letter. Excuse me. I have a letter. <laughs> I have a letter of introduction, and then you just sign it by a Mordecai T. Pembroke. There Mordecai. You go. Mordecai is going to get you in anywhere you need anywhere to go. Anywhere you need to go. Throw an Esquire at the end of that and doors just open for you in the 70s. Yeah. I, was, I don't know. They might open now. But Mordecai then, Esquire? I was thinking about that because like, even in the 1800s, you know, and you had to have your papers. Like, If you were a free black person, you had to have your papers saying, like, I'm free. I guess it's that's I guess, you know what that's probably the main reason that they didn't want black people to learn how to read and write because then they could just forge papers and be like yeah I'm free bitch yeah exactly where are you going I have my papers I have I have a paper because excuse me do you have your papers and they didn't have photo it was just a description and right. as Hot take, bit controversial, but oh, as we all it. know, certain people all look alike to certain other people. It, it cuts every single way of the human spectrum. It's just true about us as humans. It has been mentioned on this podcast before. And you know what? I was at the aquarium last week, and let me tell you something. Cuts that way with fishes, too. I, I saw a lot of different kinds of fish, but I saw a lot of what looked like the same kind of fish. At the end of the day, they're just fish. I was Except like, that's for a that fish, sea dragon. That's not a shark. That's a shark. I don't know. That's just a fish. That's a fish, well, and that's a different fish. If, if you can identify not a shark and a shark, yeah, you're like, doing that's fine. That's a shark. That's a fish. That's a real big fish. Only that. There's probably all these different... Uh, what are those called? Starfish? All I saw was one kind of starfish. I know that's not right, but all the starfish do look the same. All the starfish. Oh, I'm sorry, starfish. We have offended an entire community today. We're, we're Starfish have canceled us. <laughs> like, and you know what? Fuck on with the bushes. I'm out. They chose and a I... Bill Cosby movie on Black History Month. They can go fuck themselves. Yeah, and and I feel like starfish may do that. You know, they have my permission to do that. Cancel us. <laughs> We've been canceled by starfish. Although I do love starfish. Well, they're vanishing, so they're in my bathroom. <laughs> okay. Um. Do you have any more negatives? Um. No. That was that was it. It was just the 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 whole uh uh. Just tainted. Yeah, there's just a a, it's true. Uh, a taint. There's a taint on it. It's true. It, you it's know what? True. And honestly, it would be easier to forget and go with it if it wasn't for the beard. The beard was just a bridge <laughs> too far. I couldn't forgive such things. I couldn't. Well, I, so I couldn't nasty. just put on a hat and just be like separating the artist from the art. I'm like that beard. Ugh. I wanted it yeah. fumigated. It looked like it needed to be. It was, it's disgusting. So you guys have to watch it just for that. Okay. 
Uh, positive reheatables. Okay, I have a lot. I like the bravado. Okay. <laughs> Bro, you like the Rio bravado? The, the bravado. The, <laughs> the bravado of... Um, I, I wrote that down yesterday and I don't know what it means. <laughs> he was like, aha, I love the bravado. <laughs> oh man, nailed it. On to the next category. Okay. Now this part I really, really liked. Uh, when they, when they come in, uh, the machine gun people come in and, and they, they tear up every possible glass surface there is. <laughs> I mean, you think they're done. You think they're possibly out of ammunition. And then, you know, when a machine gun tears up a bar and all the all the bottles go splashing, and then it was, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> go. I fell asleep, like, throughout <coughs> this entire film, sitting up on the floor. So I, I did so, I had to rewind this so many times because I kept falling asleep at the same spot. That like uh. the shoot up scene, I, after the fourth try, time trying to get through it, I was like, I get it. And there was a, a bunch of shooting. <laughs> there was a bunch of shooting. There was. And a lot of glass being broken. Is that, are you done with your good reheatables? I am. Okay. So I have, I like when they had to strip down to their underwear because there are a few people who had like funny underwear. Yeah. And then, but then also I was like, I guess Uh mortified because, but then also like all all the women's brought in underwear was matching. And I was like, I never match. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't think that's a shock to any any of our listeners. No, so I'm like, that would be... I. That's why I put it down as a good reheatable because it made me laugh really hard because I imagine me in the same situation and I just have to have my fingers crossed that that everything was okay. I mean... Didn't, didn't I always tell you not to wear underwear with holes in it? Well, no, I don't, I'm not talking about holes in underwear, but I'm just saying, like, I grab a bra and I grab an underwear and right. they are never... The same color. I've never bought matchy matchy. I I haven't either. So, I'm like I need this size and this, and I like this and this. But but I don't think I would be in Madame Zenobia's anyway. So I I feel like if I was in Madame Zenobia's, that I would would have bought Spanx. So I would be down to my Spanx. Oh, that would be good. Which that would be good, right? Yeah, full coverage. Yeah. Wow, that's a good advertisement for Spanx. I've never bought Spanx. I wish I had I wish I had thought about that for my brother's wedding. I was like, damn it. No. Never even occurred to me. You didn't need Spanx. What would you need Spanx for? Every woman needs Spanx. No, I didn't want to wear them because I wanted to be comfortable. Oh, you're not comfortable in them? No, it's like it's like everything. And may I say, I thought it, it was like in. compression. It is like compression. I, well, what if I really like it? Like, um, because I'm on the temple. Remember the temple Grandin thing when she she made the 
Yeah. It's like the cattle thing that she yeah. would sit in. You know what? You would like it. <laughs> I'm like, you would. Ah, fine. I'm so comfortable. You would like it. <laughs> I'm just saying that everything that gets squeezed in has to come out somewhere. Oh. Ah, that's so. a law of physics. Yeah. There's, that's, that's a thought. Good. My next good reheatable is that wife slap. Great wife slap. It was a good wife slap. Great wife slap. Oh, also, at one point in this film, they lock up Bill Cosby. They yes. lock him up because they think that he is a criminal. And I'm like, little do you all know, he is that man. That is Throw that man. Throw the key away. Throw the key away. Um, I really like Roscoe Lee Brown's Nixon Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was excellent. <laughs> that was hilarious. Let me see. Oh, the symbolisms of economic freedom of a greater life that the lottery ticket represented. And that's why it would go to such lengths to get um, it back. Because, you know, he was yeah, just a working I'm, man, you know? He was working, working, struggling, and then he hit the lotto. And that's just, that's that upward mobility that everyone is w looking for. And how but, he was working, and he wasn't going to get to where he needed to be. No. A good, doing an, uh, a solid day's work and stuff. Right. But no, he needed to win the lotto. Yeah. Um, And then, like, Richard Pryor. That's great. True. Man, True. Red Fox, Perfect. Richard Pryor. <sighs> Bastards. Wish we could have seen that. Okay, MVP. Well, I have mine. I'm going to switch mine around. Oh. I originally wrote down Sidney Poitier because it was such a such a, a stretch from what we've usually seen him doing, but I'm going to give that my runner-up. Hmm. And my MVP is going to go to Heli, Her, Heli, Harry Belafonte. That's my MVP. Mr. Geechee Man. Mr. Geechee Dan. <laughs> Not Gucci Mane. Guess what my brother's going to be called this summer. <laughs> Gucci Dan. Gucci Man. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it just to see him. That was amazing. He had so many funny line readings in it. We're just like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And it looked like he had a blast doing it, too. Yeah, he just had, and he was really good in it. He was legitimately good. Yeah, he was. He was giving a really good performance. I tell yes. you, when the when the credits came on and they said Harry Belafonte is Geechee Dan, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Oh, wow. That was him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, did you recast? Because I, evidently there's a new cast coming out anyway. I did. I recast before I knew about the new cast. I recast. I like but my I, recast. I did a female cast. Oh, I just did a straight up new one. Okay. So I did Silky Sam. Silky Sam was... Silky Slim. Uh, slim, I'm sorry. Silky Slim was the gangster gangster well he the was gangster Gigi dan's rival right so my silky slim is vivica a fox 
She would be a good silky slam. Yes, she would. To my Geechee man, Queen Latifah. Okay. That's pretty good. And my Zenobia is Angela Bassett. That's pretty good. My Wardell, we we are gonna like this because there are no issues with my Wardell. Issa Ray. <laughs> She'd be a good Wardell. Yeah. And my Steve is Tarashi. Nice. I know, wouldn't that be good? Taraji, Issa Rae, Queen Latifah, Angela Bassett, Vivica A. Fox. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Thank do, you. Do you want to know my cast? So as Sharp Eye Washington, I have Sam Richardson. He was the black guy on Veep. Oh, I love him. <laughs> He's hilarious. I thought, I thought oh. He'd come in for one scene and be hilarious. Oh, I love him. He would be, yeah, so nervous. That would be perfect. My Silky Slim was Mahershala Ali. I like it. I like it. My... He'd, he'd win an Academy Award. <laughs> I know. My Geechee Dan is Terrence Howard. <laughs> Because that's who he reminded me of. That's true. He he reminded me of that and Grandpa Chico. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My Sarah is Anika Noni Rose. Do you remember that show, The Number One Ladies Detective Agency? That was on HBO? Yes. Yes. Remember, she was like the secretary in it. Yes. I was thinking about that. I was like, she was fantastic. I got to remember her. She always reminded me of Mrs. Howiggins. Howiggins? Mrs. Howiggins. Remember uh, um, Carol Burnett when she uh, was the no. secretary? Mrs. Howiggins. Oh, yeah. kind of. Yeah. And then my Wardell is Jesse T. Usher. He was, he's Shaft Jr. in the new Shaft movie. Oh. He was so good. I, I like that guy. Remember? He was Shaft's son. I, but I, I'm going to have to look him up. Oh, okay. And then my Steve, I think it would be hilarious, Dave Chappelle. Well, Dave Chappelle could do anything. I mean, he would be really funny to yeah. be a working class guy who loses his lotto ticket and, has and to would go. do anything to get it back. Yeah. So there's my cast. Well done. Well done. Well, you know what? I went on Wikipedia, as I always do, for tasty nuggets, and, and all I got was it was written for Red Fox and Richard Pryor. That's all I got. Well, I have that. Well, I already said it was Flip Wilson's first performance. So there's a sequel to this called Let's Do It Again. And then there's another movie called A Piece of the Action. And while Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby's characters all have different names, they do compose, they are thought of as a trilogy. So this was the first in a loose trilogy. 
But they're played by different people? No, it's still them. They were in the let's do it again. And then they were in the a piece of the action. Well, let's not do it again. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. In year, we we may come to that. You know, it's Black History Month, and as we've seen, it's, true. it's, it's really? not like we have a whole bunch that um. Uh, it becomes rather limited. We're like, man, if yeah. we keep doing this podcast for like five years, you you bet you're right. We're gonna do. Let's do it again. But guys, it's come to this. So I heard in 2014 that Will Smith and Denzel Washington were going to do a remake with Nicholas Stoller writing, but it seems like that has fallen through. And Nicholas mm-hmm. Stoller did Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Neighbors, Get Him to the Greek, the Muppet movie. Um, as of last year, August, it was saying that Kevin Hart was going to do a remake with Rick Themu. Man, I knew I was going to butcher this. Fam, fam, you wah. He directed that movie Dope, which I saw was pretty good. It was pretty funny. So that was in August. I don't know if that's still on because then he got in that accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still working, but I don't know the status of it. But there, right. there is going to be a remake with him. Okay. So, and w- you know what? We'll have to do it sometime because we're going to run out of material. So, I mean, we still have, we still have, you know, some to, to do. But we it's, did. You we know, did. it's, uh, man, can you imagine Asian American <laughs> month? We can't do a month. Ooh. We can do a token movie once in a while. We, it would be like, Korean and, and Japanese films. <laughs> we would do, what was the one? The Joy Luck Club and then The Farewell. And then... Ouch. And then Crazy Rich Asians, uh, one and two, and then... And then, yeah. and Wait, then, and was... then a, really, a lot of really highly problematic movies from the 50s we could do we we know guys we know right we could we could go back to breakfast at tiffany's and how that was just wrong we can't we can't go back to that (laughs) yeah it becomes problematic people okay those were all your tasties yeah yeah i mean there had to have been some Funny I'm sure. Things. I'm sure that next week you're gonna be in the grocery store and Tell it's me about gonna it. say behind the scenes of Uptown Saturday Night. I'm sure at some point in this month uh, there's gonna Buzzfeed or somebody Mental Floss is gonna come out with a riot inducing hilarity Uptown Saturday Night behind all the scenes oral history. How like, many great. times has that happened? It happens to us a lot. A lot. I'm saying somebody's listening that that has some pull because Poppy and I were in the grocery store today and there is a Life magazine about the Rat Pack. The Rat Pack. 
I had him take a picture to document it because as soon as we did a Gone with the Bushes about Ocean's Eleven, here comes a Life magazine about the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. This has happened before. I'm just saying. It, it happened when we were doing something with Natalie Wood. Yes. And I mentioned it to you. And then I, the next week I went to the grocery store and it was RJ on the cover with with the, the woman. It was heart to heart. And it was yes. RJ. And, the, and I was like, what the hell? We had just talked about that. Yes. I, maybe we're just ahead of the zeitgeist. And we everyone just needs to like listen. There's no maybe about it. We just are. Tis. But the only way we get a spike in our ratings is when we bring the other ones in. I know. How great was that? That was a pretty good spike, and we appreciate all that. We'll and have them looking, on more. <laughs> yeah, we're looking to see if you listen in again. Okay, well, next week. Oh, yes. I do wonder what you're going to do. Because, as you say, our... our you know, we have to do research to find a movie. Because you think you're going to do a movie and you're like, I I never check, you know. A white movie. You I, never do, do you? No. Yeah. And I didn't say that. You did. But that's did. how it is. I, I never check to see if it's available on iTunes. And then for this, I'm like, well, let me just see if it. No. What the? It's Diana Ross. Really? And then mahogany? Yeah. Is, is it some weird thing? I mean, we'll never get to do Porgy and Bess. We'll never get to do Porgy and Bess. Well, tomorrow night is Oscar So White. It's tomorrow night? No, 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 no. It's, it's the, a week. It's the so, big game tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we can say game. it. Nobody, we don't have enough viewers to get sued by the NFL. Right. So in a week, we are going to do a movie. And so I went in, okay, I want a movie that's directed by a black person. Oh, that narrows your bucket significantly. So I said, most critically acclaimed movie by a black director. And this one came up um, in pretty much every one of my Google searches. We're doing Malcolm X? We are not. The one that came up most frequently is Boys in the Hood. Oh, we're doing Boys in the Hood? We're doing Boys in the Hood. It's got such a sad ending. But he, at least he was nominated for an Oscar back in the day. Oh, and he died last year. So? No, I mean, I'm just just saying. I was going to do Sounder. But I knew you wouldn't Sounder? get through. Sounder? Are you kidding? <laughs> I knew you wouldn't get through. I couldn't the even first... talk about it. I'm so... tearing up now. <laughs> Why do you hate me? What did I do to you? So I thought, okay. Sounder. <laughs> Is Cicely Tyson in that? Yes. I mean. I love Cicely Tyson, but I am not. That would be a, that would have been the first veto of Gone with the Bushes. Do we have that opportunity? Do we have that 
Are we able to feed it? I would have. Tips? I would have been like, I am not watching Sounder. I cannot. <laughs> You'll go to the particulars and be like, I can't cry and talk. I I literally get choked up. I can't I can't communicate the words. The died. I, 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 it would. You want to do it yourself? It would, it would just be your podcast. Well, you're welcome. That's why. Oh my gosh! Boys That's in the I, hood. It is. Oh, you know what I wanted to look up. I swear that in the background of the bar scene where they're coming in and they're being badasses, that uh-huh. Lawrence Fishburne's in the background. Ooh. I'm like, that guy looks just like Lawrence Fishburne. I wonder if it was. I forgot to look it up. I, I don't... I feel like I saw something about Lawrence Fishburne in some of my... But I don't know if it was when <laughs> I, I was like, researching. When you're looking boys in the hood? <laughs> yeah, probably. What okay, well, is, that's... What year is... Um, I think it's 91, but I could be wrong about that. Hmm. I was just pretty psyched about having a movie that had to do with Oscars for Black History Month. And so I didn't write down the particulars. No, you you wouldn't need to. I wouldn't want to do your homework for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I was looking to see if if he was in it, but if I could do it real quick, but I I, I don't think I can. So. I feel like I was going to say something else about Ocean's Eleven, but it's been two weeks, so I guess not. Okay. Okay, well. 91. Yeah, I guess because there are a lot more. I think that we're so old that we think of, like, we don't think of movies from the 80s, even though we've done some as being classic because we like to focus on the 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s like well at least you probably think like the 70s aren't really classic either oh i think they're very classic oh but but i don't think of them as being old movies no see i think of them as being old movies but now i'm in that with like 1991 that was just yesterday (laughs) i was like no yeah, that exactly. was like thirty, what twenty nine years ago. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see how that one goes. That's good. I like that movie. We got Ice Cube, John Singleton. Is I think it's Ice Cube's first movie. I think so I as think. well. Yeah, you know, I, I was just a side note. I was looking when I was doing my research for this. I came across an article from this that was. Maybe it was last year. And it was the, the top black comedies. And mm-hmm. which really does open it up because we can get into like some Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills yes. Cop, some Coming, yes. to, Coming America. to America was up there. Um, but number one was Uptown Saturday Night. And I was like, well, okay, interesting. 
And number two was Friday. And I'm like, but Friday was way funnier than Uptown Saturday night. <laughs> well, we are jaded against, you know, the second lead in Uptown Saturday night. Yeah, but this was last year. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> okay. So I guess maybe we're we're on the too jaded side, but you know, to, like uh, my main man Larry Wilmore, he's like, fuck that motherfucker. So I don't think that we're on the, hey. I don't think we're on the extreme end in our Bill Cosby cancellation. No, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't say we've been extreme in any sense of the word. No. <laughs> I like how you say that. Damn with it. Your, with your, your chin up. <laughs> My white privileged chin uh, is in there. No, we have not. Out of here. Yeah. Out of here. That's right. Hmm. Nah, see? Bill Cosby has been canceled. Yeah, I feel pretty. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with that one. I don't cancel yeah. many people. He, he may be the, the first I've... I'm sure that there's someone else I've canceled. Well, the Eagles. Well, that's personal. I just have an inexplicable hate toward Don Henley that you can't really be explained. Do. And you know what? You oh. were born with it. I got so mad when I was watching the Linda Ronstadt documentary and he showed up and I, I hadn't been warned by Justin that he appeared. And I texted him, like, you didn't say that, Don. And he was like, relax. He's only in it for a brief period of time. I don't know what it is about the man. He's, You know what? I am I was probably a roadie on the Eagles tour and died of an overdose in a former life. Maybe. <laughs> and I'm just that. I don't like that man. It's well, inexplicable. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to explain and it. You it was always, even when I was a kid. Yeah. How? I, Weird. I know. <laughs> I was born with that, this vendetta. There, there was so much weird about you. That that's just one of the many things. <laughs> but I've carried it all this time. Yes, you have. Man, that is weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I canceled him, but I, I acknowledge that the rest of the world hasn't. That's just my own particular quirk. True. Okay, got it. Okay, well, next week we are doing Boys in the Hood. Prepare to be educated or something. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> Along with uh, vibrato. <laughs> you brought bravado, not vibrato. <laughs> you I don't know. Okay. Huh. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a week. It's been a week. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, We hope we have a spike in our ratings again. (laughs) And we will be back next week. There you go. There you go. Bye. Bye.